0: Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is on the block with Stricken Nate. Hey. Happy Wednesday hump day to all of you. My name's Nate Brennan. He's the Oscar Hall of Famer, the nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. You're listening to On the Block 93. seven, The Ticket. 402-464-5685. Sutter the text line Honda of Lincoln Hotline. As always, we want to hear from you. You can also check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. See what's going on here uh, we're both remote today. Rico is in studio. I want to take a second to give him and Nick a huge shout out. They've been manning the board all day, making sure that every show is still on air. And I think Rico and Nick are going to be hanging around for old school as well. I know that they're going to be helping out and filling in tomorrow. So I want to give a huge shout out to both of them. They have been absolutely awesome today. Again, 402-464-5685, Starter Raymond Text Line, Honda, Lincoln Hotline. As always, we want to hear from you guys because we're going to get right into it. Uh, Strick, a very busy, a very active day. For the Huskers, early signing period is about to come to a close, still three o'clock. Matt Rule recently uh, took to the podium, talked to the media a little bit. So uh, I want to go through some of the more recent recruits that have now officially decided that Nebraska will be their home. I know that we've been following it and tracking it all day, but these are the most recent ones. And I do you you want to break it down fax. a little bit.
1: Do you want to play the fax sounder for the like three that we got over the last hour? Sure, let's do have, it. We have a great fax sounder uh for uh people that signed so here here we go So I play that for the defensive lineman out of Texas A&M who was transferred into Nebraska Elijah Judy made it official uh, as he announced that he is going to be signing with Nebraska, signing to the Huskers, uh, a- along with um, the transfer running back slash wide receiver out of Baylor. Hold on, I have to make sure that I get his name right, um, so that I'm not just throwing a name out there willy nilly. You know what, Rico? Second. I
0: liked that sounder. That was pretty nice. We've been I, doing I, that. I, we've I, been I doing, doing that all. That. We've
1: been doing that all day. All right. So the transfer running back slash Wide receiver out of Baylor, Joshua Fleeks, who was actually recruited by Scott Frost and his staff when he was coming out of high school. Uh, wide receiver, they have him listed as 5'10", 190 pounds. Transferring out of Baylor makes it official. He's coming to Nebraska. Elijah Judy, <coughs> the defensive lineman at Texas a m 6'3", 300 pounds, coming to Nebraska. And most recently, the most recent signee slash commit. You know what? I have to do it because it's what we do around here. Vincent Carroll Jackson, a defensive line flip. He was committed to Syracuse, was thought to sign with Syracuse, flips to Nebraska. Six Gee. foot five, 270 pound defensive lineman coming to Nebraska via Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Another Pennsylvania signee, two signees, is. the first two since 1999 for Nebraska Cornhuskers.
2: There it is. I mean, listen. Let me let me speak on. Well, I, I talked briefly about that flip um, mm-hmm. in the segment with Cluster Johnson, and and that was that was huge because, um, you know, like I said, it speaks to rule going into his wheelhouse, right? But here's the one I really want to talk about: Elijah Judy. Elijah Judy. I think one. I mean, there was a lot. I, I would say there's disappointment in uh, Oshawn Mathis. I, 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 I can't even. You know, say that I would feel comfortable with him going anywhere higher than seventh round uh, at the performance that he showed me. Just didn't really show me the ability to get off blocks. Um, his motor didn't seem to be as high as what I expected and thought. But Elijah Judy seems to be the perfect fit for the three-three-five defense that Tony White wants to run. Right? He has the ability to not only go hand down, but he also has drop in coverage abilities. He has a nice developed body. He's got great lower body strength. He's athletic. He's got a burst. He also has a good dip. He's got flexibility in his hips. I love a lot of the things as I began to watch some tape on him. He's got great angles and he's also good at maintaining gap integrity, which you want to have when you're going to run a three, 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 five. Uh, You want to be able to get into gaps, hold it, holds, hold your position and, and allow those running backs to run. So, uh, those are some of the things that I like about that transfer. Um, I love the fact that we're able to get another legacy kid out of Boodle. Um, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Boodle the second. Yeah, Boodle. Um, him, him, you know, obviously with, without his brother, that's possibly something that doesn't happen. Uh, coming out of Florida, you know, out of Miami area, Palmetto, he can play both cornerback and safety. So I love that about him. One of the things that we've been having struggle in in the, in, in the secondary is good tackling. Yeah. This young man is supposed to be a tremendous tackler in the open field. He's got great IQ and the ability to run with receivers, which the three, the three, three, five, it looks like they're recruiting for what they're the, 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 the character as well as uh, the style of play that they want to implement here at Nebraska. It looks like they're recruiting for that. So that's big to hear.
0: Let me ask you this trick, because I think, I, th- this goes without saying that the big get in the class is getting Malachi Coleman to recommit, I guess, for lack of better words to Nebraska after he'd entered his name uh, back in the discussions, it was between Nebraska and Colorado. When it's all said and done, I want to dive into this conversation because we've talked quite a bit about Colorado and the Deion Sanders factor in, in, in those type of conversations. But I just look at this as Matt rule. I've talked to Jay about this too. Matt Rule will not get outworked for a recruit. I mean, we we saw day one when Malachi Coleman had said, okay, I'm going to reopen my recruiting. Uh, I'm going to go back into these discussions with other schools. Matt Rule was right there in his living room having discussions with him. Kid right in your backyard. He decides to come back to Nebraska. And I think more than anything, it's just refreshing because you look at Colorado and where they're headed and you look at Nebraska and where they're headed, especially we're going to see him in the second week of the college football season. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit concerned. I I, I saw Malachi Coleman deciding between Colorado and Nebraska. He ultimately comes back, and I just want to know your thoughts on that because, to me, that's just refreshing to see that a hometown kid, Matt Rule, gets it. And I I think that's a big thing that Husker fans were looking for in their next head coach, a guy that gets it, a guy that wants guys to to buy into the end, a guy that wants these hometown kids to say, okay, Nebraska is my home. This is the school that I'm going to play for. And it looks like Malachi Coleman was at the top of that list in he was a priority, and ultimately he comes to the University of Nebraska.
2: Yeah, listen, um, I, I I would also like to speak and say that I wish Matt could have got here a little bit earlier so that mm-hmm. we could have got into the Zane Flores discussion. I agree. That's the type of guy that you do not just want to get away to go to an Oklahoma State. He has – I mean, he's a winner. He knows how to win. He He, mm-hmm. he can make every throw. He's got good feet. I just love the kid and in, in, in the way that he plays the game. He never feels that he's out of it. That's the type of uh, guy that you would hate to let get away. But in the same in the same token, you look at Malachi Coleman right there in your backyard, right there, in right the game, um, in the fight against um, you know Deion Sanders, obviously, and 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 battling that out. Um, that's that's always a tough feat. You know, Malachi Coleman's a four star, you know, multi sport athlete runs a runs very got great speed now uh he's gonna have some work to do uh, I, this is not gonna be an easy walk in and just show mm-hmm. up um he's gonna have to put in work and the reason being is uh he's shown that he's very straight line yes he can take the top off but um in, in press coverage he hasn't shown the ability to be able to you know uh, uh get great releases and he hasn't shown tremendous route route running skills yet um but that's what
1: he's raw
2: he's raw he's an untapped he's an untapped spigot of oil ready to be blown for you to make all the money on and that's the kind of kid he is but we're gonna see uh, what the development uh frame is like and i think the key is not only recruiting those kids and bringing them in the key is going to also be fellas is retaining them. Yes. And it's got to be by the process of what you're teaching them and training them and showing them that development is the key. It's not necessarily going and hunting for green, green pastures. It's about what we're going to be able to do here and what we can teach you and train you up to be here. And if you do that, you will have success.
0: this is kind of interesting, and I was taking a deeper look into it because uh, there's been commitments around the entire country. It's nearly impossible to keep up with every single school. Uh, But looking holistically at the class of of 2023, and I'm looking at the recruiting rankings by school, Nebraska now, as it currently stands, sits at 28th. And if you look at the Big Ten specifically, they sit at 5th. How does that sit with you? Because to be honest with you, that makes me pretty confident and excited in this staff because if you look at a complete and total turnover, for crying out loud, Matt Rule's been here, what, a month? Yeah, Yeah, you're late, and you're late to to all these kids, and you have to look at all these kids that had already decided they were going to Nebraska. There's so many moving pieces that have been happening throughout the entire season, and there's so much unknown. But when it's all said and done, I I know that it's not over yet. This is our only early signing. There's still a lot of moving pieces. But as it currently stands, if you're sitting at twenty eighth and fifth in the Big Ten, this is this is his first year. This is his first month recruiting at Nebraska. This has to give you some type of confidence moving forward. I mean, it gives me confidence, but even more,
2: it speaks to what he said. And I'm going to say this again. He had a press conference where we've heard coach speak, like, for the last <laughs> eons of years. We've heard a lot of coach speak, and we, we, but, but we're, we're able to look at Matt Rule and just look at what he said and look at what he's doing. Right. And you can actually see what he said and what he's doing where he's going to get the fellas, and then the type of fellas that he's going to get, some that have been overlooked, some that went to places that didn't feel they got the development that they wanted, but they believe that rule and what he's implementing what he's bringing and the style of play that he's bringing that they're comfortable with Coming and getting on board and fitting in when there's so many places that people can go, there's so many uh types of coaches, i.e., your Deion Sanders, where you can go and get the highlights, the glitz, and the glam. But if you want es- if you want to establish something and if you want to build something, and if you're ready to get in and work it out. Rule is making it happen as it looks as, as the way I'm looking at it from afar at this point.
1: Matt Rule, keep... one, one of his comments on the press conference, he was talking about Malachi Coleman, because once they sign, you can actually talk about commits, uh, signees. Uh, he said uh, on Malachi Coleman, I love the fact that Malachi's goal in life is to make other people's lives better. That's way more important to me than the 10-3 that he mm. runs, though I think that's pretty cool, too.
2: Character. <laughs> He wants character. Listen, the crazy thing about Matt rule, fellas, and speak on this. I want I want to hear your thoughts. The crazy thing about Matt rule is he's saying a lot of the stuff that Deion Sanders is saying. It's just Dion does it in a more flamboyant way. Mm-hmm. Right. He does it in a more, you know, wide open way. He he's re- uniquely different a more flashy way. Yeah, great, flashy. great, great. That's what I'm talking about. But rule is actually doing the same type of conversation. There's a certain type of player that he wants i.e. what he just said about malachi cohn there's certain way that he wants them to play there's a certain thing that he wants them to do and have accountability for and you've got to love that he's just doing it he's just not out front all out he's doing it behind the scenes and
1: he's got a crew of of staff members that's putting in the same work ethic that he's put and another thing that he said at the press conference and this should be big with that this should resonate with everybody um, and this comes from our very own Mike Schaefer. He tweeted this quote out from uh, Matt Rule. There's not a bigger quote I've wanted to hear from Matt Rule than him saying, every player on the team is my guy. Not, mm. not I need to, you know, once we get our guys mm. in here, we'll do this. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Everybody that is on this team right now is Matt Rule's guy. And that is That's refreshing good. to hear.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: Go ahead, Nate. And I just want to reiterate, too, is when I know a lot of people are going to talk about Matt Roll and his his previous coaching record and, and what happened in Carolina, but the more I just watch these dominoes fall and, and the more I hear him speak, I mean, this guy is a college coach. Let, let's be entirely honest with each other. I mean, you talk about the, the way kids carry themselves. You talk about the buy-in. You talk about playing for Nebraska. I mean, there's – and you can see so many stories of it too. There's just some guys that don't work in the NFL. I mean, you're dealing with professional athletes. You're dealing with guys that have families, that have a life outside of football. I mean, there's so many different factors. For an 18- or 19-year-old kid, this is what you want to hear. I mean, a kid that buys in, a kid that shows character. When you're saying that you are more worried about this kid and his future – outside of the football field. I mean that that resonates with kids and especially when you go into a living room and you're talking to a family and you say, "Hey, we worry about life after football. We worry about someone's character. We worry about the grown man that you're going to become." That's important. And I think what you said is, is is says so much about Matt Rulestrick is that we heard it, right? I mean, when he came in the opening press conference, it was it was fireworks. Everyone loved it. It was great. You can see it on the recruiting right now. The dude's been here a month, and you've got the 28th class right now, fifth in the Big Ten, making this up in a month. I mean, its I'm not going to lie. It's impressive, and it makes me confident moving forward, and I think that what we're seeing right now is that foundation, and I want to hit on that too because we talk about that foundation over and over and over. When's the last time Nebraska had that foundation? I can't even tell you, but yeah. that is what we're starting to see.
2: I mean, just just let's let's look at, let's look at this right. I'm going to run down about six coaches that were tremendous mm. college coaches, but failed immensely in the NFL. Right? Mm-hmm. You have one of the greatest coaches of all time in my book, in Lou Holtz out of Notre Dame. Went to the New York Jets. Uh, also coached at NC State. Yeah. But he went. He coached at the in the New York Jets in 1976 failed miserably and finds himself coming back and winning one national championship. He won the the national coach of the year award twice after he left the jets. That's one you, then you have another one who failed with the Cleveland Browns. That's Butch Davis. Everybody dang near fails with the Cleveland Browns, But, (laughs) but, but Butch Davis, he finds himself failing, but then he goes on and has a tremendous run with North Carolina. And then you have another one in Dennis Erickson. Mm-hmm. Great Miami coach. Mm-hmm. Terrible at the Seahawks. He wasn't able to do, uh, on the other hand, <laughs> what now, coach. Uh, um, uh, what's my? He was at USC. What's the coach at Seattle now right now? Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Uh, Pete Carroll. He wasn't able to do what Pete was able to do. Pete was able to do it. He wasn't able to. But here's the greatest of them all. Nick Saban. Nick Saban Went to the Miami, goats,
1: the goat
2: posted a 15 and 17 record, but look what he has done at Alabama. So, you can't tell me it can't happen. It you're okay. absolutely right, Nate. There are guys just do not do well dealing with men, dealing with the fact that you've got a lot of money now. NIL changes that, but you're still dealing with young men. Mm-hmm. And so the fact is you can shape them. You can mold them. You can help grow them. You can help uh, develop them because ultimately their goal is not to stay in NIL. Their goal is to go to the next level. And if you can show them that you're a part of that process for helping them to get that kudos to you.
0: And I think he fits that mode. Strick. I want to ask you real quick before we had to break, if you want to just talk about personal experience, because I think that's why it's awesome that we have such a great resource. I mean, you were, obviously you've seen coaches at the high school level, the college level, and then at the professional level, what was it that made college coaches so successful? And then on the flip side, professional level, because I know that you've had quite a few coaches in your career at the professional level. And I just want to know how that dynamic is so much different because like you said, there is a laundry list of coaches that have been successful in the college ranks and just completely flame out in the NFL. Was definitely different from being in the pros, and I think that's why Teron Liu decides to stay.
2: He doesn't. He doesn't want to coach. He he understands because it's like being a CEO when you coach at the professional level. You basically got to manage um, a bunch of egos and help them to mesh for one accomplishment, and that's the goal of winning a championship, right? Um, That's what I, I can say. The best vision of that was when I was with the Boston Celtics, where we had they were terrible. Prior to me getting there, obviously they had Rick Patino, he's mm-hmm. one of them that, that failed immensely in the perfect. Yes. But, so Rick Patino was there. He had that and same guys, the Antoine Walkers, the, uh, uh, the Ron Mercers, um, and then the, the Paul Pierces. But then it was it was Jim O'Brien who coached under Patino at <laughs> Kentucky, just able to understand the difference between the college coaching ranks and the NBA, and he was able to sit Antoine down, sit Paul down, and help them to understand the roles that they needed to play in order to be successful. And we had one of the best turnarounds where they had us pick dang near last in the Big e- in the East, and we finished second by rank. So I'm saying that's how it can happen. It's a different nuance, whereas as a college coach, it's about understanding where, how much you can push that button how much you have to just let him be and then have to sit him down and watch film. How much you have to know all the different nuances mm-hmm. to be able to touch their button in college and then still get them to buy into a system that leads you to hopefully winning a, a, a conference championship as opposed to maybe a national championship. So it's different nuance, but getting those kids to buy in.
0: Yeah, and as as we head out and go to break, we Travis and Lincoln, Texas, on the text line. I want to make it very clear: we're not comparing Matt Rule to any of these coaches. No, we're just giving specific examples of guys that you know what great college coach that just can't coach the professional ranks. And there's nothing. There's not a knock on these guys. It's just the reality of it. And, and you can find so many examples. We only got into a few of them. Uh, we got to take a quick break. Brian Munson, uh, the guru of recruiting, he's going to join us next. He's going to break all of this down. Uh, keep us up to date with who still hasn't committed quite yet who might be here in the next hour or so so make sure you stick with us again you're listening to On The Block 93.7 The Ticket we'll be right back